Did you know that right next to Union Station is the United States Post Office Museum? It's like a whole museum dedicated to the post office. I've kind of always wanted to go into that museum because I'm like, what is this about? Like the history of the post office, maybe, I guess. It just seems really kind of random to me. It's not like we have like, you know, an HHS museum. It's just like we just picked this federal agency and gave them a museum. Because <laughs> they need to highlight the the pony mail system. The Pony Express. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> the word escaped me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Flywheel Fridays, keeping up with the federal IT news cycle, one conversation at a time. I'm Alexander Bolova, media producer for GovCIO Media and Research. With me today are my wonderful co-hosts, Melissa Harris and Kate Macri. Melissa and Kate, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, Alex. So we just wrapped up our Cyberscape ID virtual event. Kate, can you give us an overview of what was discussed at this event? So we covered a lot of topics, starting with Eric Mill, who is the Senior Advisor on Technology and Cybersecurity to the Federal CIO at OMB. He talked a little bit about how federal agencies are working toward implementing the cyber executive order from last year, most notably being zero trust. And I think one of his main points was how federal agencies need to have a vision for getting there and don't necessarily need to be worried about making sure everything is going right all of the time because you're not gonna always get it right the first time. And then we had a panel on zero trust role in ICAM solutions. This was a pretty full panel and we got a lot of great perspectives from Gerald Karin, who's the CIO of HHS OIG, Angelica Fanoff, who is the CISO for Army Software Factory, Jane Rathman, who is the CTO for the Department of the Navy, and Jim Richberg, who is public sector CISO and vice president of information security at Fortinet. And I feel like the main takeaway from that panel really was the importance of culture versus having specific strategies or technologies that you're using to develop identity solutions to get ready for zero trust, because zero trust isn't really a one size fits all kind of cyber approach. So it's more important to have the right mindset and the right philosophy going into implementation and to realize that zero trust really comes down to how strong your identity solutions program is. And I thought that was a really valuable, really valuable insight. And then our third panel is on how do you balance security and privacy? We had Ken Clark, who's the Assistant Director for Information Governance and Privacy at ICE, and Scott Davis, who's the Acting CISO for CBP, and then Don Watson, who's the CISO for the US Patent and Trademark Office. And again, this panel really focused on you know privacy concerns when rolling out identity access management strategies and how they're navigating those legal and ethical questions which is a really important perspective that I haven't, I don't think we've really seen in recent cyber events when it comes to zero trust. So that was a really interesting panel topic in general. It also kind of touched on, you know, the question of ownership when it comes to your personal data and like 
the information that's identifying you as a user and how you protect that and again navigate those legal and ethical questions so really interesting and then we had a closing fireside chat with paul puckett who's the director of the enterprise cloud management agency for the department of the army and the gist of his talk which again was a great perspective that we haven't really had on zero trust was how zero trust helps strengthen cloud security as a whole and how the Army in particular is working towards a zero trust approach to cybersecurity while also like in tandem with cloud modernization in general. Thank you for that wonderful overview of the event. We covered a lot of topics um, and I really encourage our listeners to go and watch the individual panels. By the time that you're listening to this, they should be available on our website. But instead of taking the approach that we had for our last event recap, where we went panel by panel, I thought it would be interesting today to talk about some of the themes from the event, starting with the namesake of this event, identity. What did our speakers identify as the role of identity in zero trust architecture? So basically, you have to get identity right before you can even talk about what zero trust is, you have to be able to know who is accessing your network at any given time, and you have to be able to verify their identity as someone who is authorized to access whatever they're trying to access. And while that is essentially the definition of, of zero trust, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that because zero trust also encompasses a lot of other cybersecurity practices like constantly verifying, but you have to start with knowing who your users are and being able to verify them when they access uh, the cloud and applications on the cloud. And I think that was one of the big talking points of the first panel. Jane Rathbun, CTO at the Navy, talked a lot about how the Navy is really focused on identity and access management right now. And they're not even like, necessarily like thinking about zero trust in particular because they're focused on rolling out identity solutions and having something that everyone in the Department of the Navy uses before they can move towards like, you know, this is our general zero trust architecture. And like the flip side to that is DOD is kind of complicated because all of the different components and military service branches all communicate with each other pretty often, but they're all also kind of separate. And Angelica Faneff and Jim Richberg talked about this a little bit too, about how telling everyone in DOD that they have to adopt the same solution for zero trust is not really going to work because it's not going to serve all of their different mission needs and i mean all of the different service branches like do very different things and have very different setups and so getting everyone on board with like one dod zero trust solution is not going to work so what they're trying to figure out right now is how do we like foster this culture of zero trust starting with identity to at least get everyone on board with the basics of what this is so that the different components and service branches can tweak it according to what works for them, but in a way that's still interoperable. 
I'm really glad that you brought up culture because that was another theme that I identified from today's event. Because of course, cybersecurity affects more than just the individuals implementing new technologies and practices, but whole agencies as well. So Melissa, what is the role of culture in all of these zero trust cybersecurity developments? Yeah, I like how Kate was talking about zero trust is sort of a giant concept. And what Angelica Faneff mentioned a few times throughout the session is that it's a philosophy. So how you adopt it can, while it is a a general practice and idea, the way you implement it can be very different. So part of building culture around zero trust or cybersecurity in general is to make it not seem like a hindrance to business processes. In the past, it's often seemed like that. You know, people want to go for, as they say, the new shiny object to make things be a lot better and cooler and automated or whatever it is that they're doing, but it may not have the best security in it. So I think, you know, like how Kate was just saying about the identity piece, it's a very basic component that people can understand. People want their data protected. They want their identities protected. In the second panel, they were discussing the ethics around it. So when you have agencies like ICE and CBP and USPTO engaging with courts and different people's information and financial information from different businesses trying to get patents and trademarks, you want to ensure that you're being good stewards of their information and their identity. And I think we could all get on board culturally that we want those protections in place. So I think that's the cultural piece. It's not always just the technology. It's trying to get people to understand that this benefits everyone. Let's stay on that panel for a minute, because that's the panel where the topic of data minimization was brought up for the first time. And this was a term that I was not familiar with prior to this event. Melissa, can you tell us about what data minimization means in relation to privacy and security? Yeah, so um, piggybacking off the topic of protecting people's data and the culture around that, agencies are also sensitive to the issue of collecting data and using it, especially law enforcement agencies like ICE. So Ken Clark, the Assistant Director of Information Governance and Privacy at ICE, was talking about how They'll often encounter situations where they need to collect people's information to conduct law enforcement, but they also need to consider the ethics of that. You can't just hold on to people's information forever and go collect information from all sorts of places, especially without people's ability to know that their data is being collected. So I think part of that is about being a good steward of people's data or just data generally. So with data minimization, you take the data that you need to do business processes, you take it for however long you need it, and you put guardrails around it. So you're not just building this well of data and so that people can have their privacy while these agencies are still doing their jobs. The final theme that I'd like to discuss is the role of cloud in all of these discussions. So how were our speakers thinking about cloud solutions in relation to zero trust? 
in the panel about balancing security and privacy, our speakers during that panel all talked about the different maturity of their agencies. So when we talk maturity, we're often talking about where an agency is in its journey to migrating to the cloud. So Ken Clark at ICE said that they're pretty much all migrated to the cloud and they're mature there, but CBP and USPTO have hybrid environments. So they still have some on-prem data centers, but are moving to the cloud. So they were discussing how, given the different maturity of each situation, they need to implement zero trust in a way that fits their environment as they're moving. So it's that balancing act that even came up in the Paul Puckett part of the conversation. So, uh, and then also with the cloud piece, Don Watson from USPTO and Scott Davis from CBP were talking a little bit about how when they're buying cloud solutions, or frankly, any kind of solution that will enter their environment. They also look at the role of the vendor in being good stewards of data and privacy too. They suggested doing research into how they're handling breaches, if they are having breaches at all, if they're being good stewards of information and you know that they have their cloud data centers actually in the United States versus abroad, which can often happen. And this is all to prevent like foreign espionage or to add extra guardrails around their security. Because when you go to the cloud, in some ways you allow the cloud service provider to have a degree of access to the data and information you're giving them. Yeah, I think uh, Gerald Karin, the CIO for HHS OIG, touched on this a little bit as well. He talked a lot about how developing zero trust solutions for the cloud, a lot of it comes down to conversations with vendors, like what you were saying, and making sure you're all on the same page about requirements and vision, which is really important. And Jim Richberg touched on this a little bit as well, because he used to work in government and now he's in the private sector. So he has this blended perspective, but really like making sure you're on the same page and have like the same philosophy for what cloud security is supposed to look like is really important. Well, I think that has been a terrific overview of our Cyberscape ID virtual event. Once again, if you would like to watch any of the panels, they are available on our website. Uh, but with that, we are all wrapped up with today's Flywheel Friday. If you enjoyed this episode, keep the conversation turning by subscribing and leaving a review on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Melissa Harris. And I'm Kate Macri. Thank you for listening. Flywheel Fridays along with GovCast, HealthCast, and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released weekly across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.